Hello, everybody, and welcome to the 1853 podcast of Monmouth College. I'm Dwayne Bonifer in the Monmouth College Office of Communications and Marketing, and this is the 1853 podcast, a weekly program in which we tell you about the people, events, programs, and history that make Monmouth an outstanding national liberal arts college. And we try to get that done in about 18 minutes and 53 seconds. In this seventh edition of the 1853 podcast of the 2019-20 school year, we'll meet a couple of Monmouth's new outstanding faculty members, psychology professor Carolyn Leeson and physics professor John Iceland. Sports Information Director Dan Nolan will drop in with us. He'll bring us up to speed on what's been a very successful fall sports season thus far. John Iceland is making history this school year at Monmouth College. He's officially a physics professor, and he's also the person who's responsible for starting the college's engineering program. John says the opportunity to help start an engineering program in the context of a liberal arts education was a big attraction to him. Uh, it's been some of my experiences in the past that there's been a somewhat a divide between engineering and um, the the arts. Uh, I really think that having a well-rounded Renaissance engineer is the key to um, having a good engineer uh, will make the best engineer. John says that a strong liberal arts education is critical for a college student who aspires to be an engineer. Uh, especially in today's world where we work in a multicultural, multinational environment, all of our students will undoubtedly at some point uh, work in that type of environment. I just came out of one. Um, the the necessity to be able to communicate and communicate clearly has been never has never been more important than it is now. Uh, we face uh, engineers face all kinds of societal issues. Um, engineering has been described as um, uh, creating what has not been before. Uh, so we create new things, systems, uh, processes, uh, and so typically those things. If they're not successful, they're not, it's not because they're they're technologically um, so, uh, deficient. It's that uh, there are other factors. There's finances, societal issues, um, um, those types of things that uh, uh, limit um, the implementation of them. We've all seen uh, products that have come on. The market that would people would be seemingly really excited about and never make it. One that comes to my mind are Google Glasses. Um, everybody was all excited about it. Uh, it was a big rollout, and they just never went anywhere uh, because society wasn't really willing to use it. Um, I don't know exactly what those barriers were, but um, our engineers need to, in the future, need to understand what those limitations are and work within those limitations. John's bachelor's and master's degrees are from the University of Dayton. He earned a doctorate in mechanical engineering from Iowa State University. My area of actual expertise is in what's called computational fluid dynamics, which is using computers to simulate fluid flow and heat transfer. Um, so once I finished my Ph.D. in 1999, I worked for uh, five years and I taught at Bucknell University. 
Um, and during that time, I had the opportunity to work for a year at the Naval Research Lab in Washington, D.C., uh, doing some contaminant, um, um, contaminant, contaminant transport modeling, uh, which became actually very, we thought it was this very uh, kind of low-level background type thing, and then 9-11 happened, and everybody was very concerned about if uh, terrorists set off some type of um, uh, contaminant in an urban area. Uh, where where would that contaminant go? And all of a sudden, it was a very much... John says that MOMNIS' new engineering program will be ideal for the student who wants a lot of hands-on experiences. I think this program is going to attract a certain type of students. Um, they're a, a student that is interested in uh, a broad education. Um, there's a lot of talk in our current culture about STEM education, which is science, technology, engineering, and math. Um, but I think there's a lot of misconceptions about what that engineering component is. Um, and so it's um, part of what we need to do is to help students differentiate between what is the difference between um, engineering, technology, science. It will be a very hands-on, um, active learning uh, experience for students. Um, the easiest thing for a faculty member to do is to go in and lecture on material that's in a textbook. Um, uh, but that's not the best educational model by far. The best educational model is for students to get involved in projects, um, create their own designs, uh, be able to actualize their own designs, and learn um, you know, from those experiences. Um, and uh, so the, it's not a matter of, you know, pouring information into students' heads. It's really a matter of giving them experiences. And then my role is to help them see the connections between those experiences. Um, and uh, so it should be exciting. Um, yeah, I think this is a great facility, um, and uh, we've got a great platform to. That's physics professor John Iceland. He's the person who's helping start Mama's engineering program. You can read my colleague Barry McNamara's feature story about John in the news section of the Mammoth College website, monmouthcollege.edu slash news, and that story was posted on September 27. This is the Monmouth College 1853 podcast, and I'm Dwayne Bonifer in the Monmouth College Office of Communications and Marketing. Carolyn Leeson is a new professor in Monmouth's psychology department which also happens to be one of the college's more popular majors. Carolyn's area of expertise deals with school readiness. So my area of focus is actually developmental psychology, and I focus on studying children, especially in early childhood, around four to five years old. And specifically, I focus on children's ability to develop the skills to enter school. So that's actually called school, sorry. One particular skill that I focus on is self-regulation. And it's the ability for children to basically control their behavior and their thoughts and emotions. As Carolyn explains, school readiness is an important public policy issue as well. Public policy surrounding school readiness is huge because a lot of the resources that are directed for school readiness and those school-related skills are not put in place early enough. So you can't just start in preschool with establishing these schools. You have to establish you have to establish these skills um, way before that with the home life, with parenting, with 
fostering these actual resources. Um, parents need resources such as reading materials and everything like that in order to foster these skills. And Carolyn says a lot of factors contribute to a child's level of school readiness. And it goes beyond just having having ch parents read to children. It also, you need to have the resources to have uh, the availability of books. So libraries are hugely important and um, also the support services as well. Child care, affordable child care is a huge necessity for preparing children to enter school, kindergarten, and first grade and grade school. Carolyn says she's been interested in studying school readiness since she was a high school student in Illinois. I actually started developing this interest um, working with children in high school and then again in college. I would volunteer at the local schools and then also I would um, I worked on research with my mentor at St. Louis University, who I'm still working on research with, so I still have that collaboration. And so that brought me to the Human Development and Family Studies program, PhD program, at the University of Wisconsin-Madison. Carolyn says her love of teaching attracted her to Monmouth College, especially the opportunity to work closely with students. I always have loved teaching, and even though I came from a Big Ten school that doesn't, um, that highly values research, I found my love of teaching at UW-Madison, and I really wanted to pursue that line of work, really focusing on the teacher-student relationship. And so I really enjoyed the liberal arts uh, philosophy in regards to teachings. And I really felt a connection at Monmouth College with the other faculty here and the students that are attending this institution. And also I'm originally from Illinois, the Midwest. I'm a Midwest girl. And so I just really embraced this particular college. That's Carolyn Leeson. She's a new professor at Monmouth College. She's a member of the college's outstanding psychology program. You can also read a feature story about Carolyn, which was written by my colleague, Barry McNamara. To check it out, go to the news section of the Monmouth College website, monmouthcollege.edu news, and you can find it published on September 9th. You're listening to the Monmouth College 1853 podcast, and I'm Dwayne Bonifer in the Monmouth College Office of Communications and Marketing. As fall sports enter the month of October, several Fighting Scots teams are looking to have successful harvest when the postseason rolls around in about a month. Joining us to discuss the state of fall sports at Monmouth College is Monmouth Sports Information Director Dan Nolan. He is the man behind MammothScots.com, your official spot on the World Wide Web for all things Fighting Scott related. Chad Braun's football team heads north this weekend for a game at Ripon College. The Scots are 1-2 on the season after a convincing 34-14 win over rival St. Norbert last Saturday afternoon at April Zorn Memorial Stadium. 
And Dan says it could be the kind of win that helps set the tone for the rest of 2019. Well, I tell you what, last week's win over St. Norbert was pretty impressive. The start, uh, we picked off three passes in the first quarter and, and turned all of those into points. Uh, really got out of the, the gate quickly and got St. Norbert out of what they wanted to do. Uh, asked Coach Braun uh, this week if uh, maybe St. Norbert this year is the equivalent of Wartburg last year, that it was a big, uh, big win and, and really prepared propelled us into the rest of the season and uh, coach uh, Braun kind of hedged his bet and says I'll, I'll let you know at the end of the year so <laughs> we'll, we'll see but what a great uh, great effort uh, by the offense and the defense and uh, just you know we, we saw a couple of uh, freshman running backs have great uh, great games for us so uh, we're looking good uh, you know the, the first couple of weeks uh, played uh, Wheaton and Wartburg who are now both ranked in the top 15 in the nation so you know we didn't duck anybody in on those first two weeks and uh, now we uh, go up to Ripon and it's always a place to, that's that's tough to play and uh, we'll see what we can do up there before we get into conference play. A big reason for Monmouth's win over the Green Knights was the Scott Stout defense led the way. Yeah, you know, really uh, defensively, uh, we were getting in the backfield a lot. Uh, Clark Gaden had two sacks and an interception, uh, and that was amazing. Uh, and then, you know, on, on the back end of that, uh, Mason Castricone had uh, two picks, and as a team, we picked off six passes. That's uh, that's too short of the school record, but you know, we'll take it. Uh, St. Norbert likes to uh, likes to throw, and and uh, Samuel Staling, the, their big stud receiver. Thank goodness he's finally a senior, uh, but he caught that long touchdown pass uh, for them. And and uh, then we pretty much held them in check till the fourth quarter. So, so really a, a great game, a great offensive and defensive effort. And then, you know, special teams, Joy Beal, again, a weapon for us. Uh, boomed a couple of big punts and uh, hit uh, uh, five of the seven kickoffs were touchbacks. Uh, and then there was a, an, another that should have been a touchback, and they ran it back out. So, uh, you know, Joy's has really been a, a game changer for us, too. And the Monmouth football team learned earlier this week that it will play nine rather than ten regular season games. That's because Grinnell College has shut down football for the rest of the season. We'll have another bye week coming up October 12th. Uh, sad to say uh, Grinnell had to uh, uh, decided to suspend their uh, football program for the rest of the year. And uh, basically it came down to they didn't have enough players where they felt they could uh, ensure uh, student-athlete safety. Uh, they had a, a roster of about 39 and of those 39 they had 11 that were injured so that leaves you at 28 and you know do the math uh, it takes at least 22 uh, so you don't have to double up anywhere so they uh, they decided in, in the best interest of student athlete safety to just uh, call the season now the games that were played will count uh, but the games that are being canceled which will start this weekend are considered no contest by the NCA. so it's not a win it's not a loss it's not a forfeit it's just a no game Nick Rizzo's women's soccer team is also playing well. They sit atop the Midwest Conference. Women's soccer is just on fire right now, and uh, speaking of that, they'll take on the Prairie Fire next Wednesday, uh, which uh, could be a pretty good grudge match between uh, two longtime rivals. But the women offer their best start in program history, uh, eight wins so far, uh, picked up a couple of big road wins last week at St. Norbert and at Beloit. So uh, Coach Rizzo uh, feels like if they can win uh, two or three more, they've just about punched their ticket to the conference tournament again. So really looking forward to that, and we've gotten a lot of scoring balance. Uh, the defense has been playing great and and uh, you know the women just uh, they're continuing what they started with this senior group as sophomores when they got into the conference tournament a, a little bit earlier than expected so they're looking uh, for the seniors to cap off a, a great uh, career this year. 
Colton Johnson's men's soccer team is also off to a great start. They're in second place in conference standings. You know, men's soccer has uh, done it with defense. Uh, of of right now, there are six uh, six wins, and of those six, uh, four have been by shutouts. Uh, the school record is six in a season. Uh, so they've done it with defense, but they're also doing it with with offense. They've had uh, about ten different guys score for them, and uh, they're off to their best start since '96. Uh, Coach uh, Johnson, you know, knew he had some good players coming back. He, he filled in with some really talented uh, new guys coming in, and it's it's all coming together. So uh, they're uh, really uh, uh, in the conversation for. Uh, conference berth and uh, speaking of which they'll be playing Knox next Tuesday so the women play uh, Knox at home on on Wednesday and the men host uh, Knox on Tuesday next week so it'll be a, a fun week for uh, for soccer out at Peacock Park. The Monmouth volleyball team has dropped several recent matches but Dan says the Scots have shown a great deal of improvement under first year coach Emily Tebow. So their conference schedule was front-loaded because in the first three games they played three of the top four teams. Uh, we've come up on the short end of the stick, but we're getting better every set. And you know, you look at uh, at Tuesday night with uh, Illinois College in town, uh, lost the first set, uh, 25-19, I think it was. Then uh, came back, lost the next one, 25-23, and the third, 26-24. So we're getting better every time out. Uh, but uh, again, you know, we played three of the top four teams right out of the gate. So uh, hopefully this weekend with Ripon on Friday and uh, Lawrence on Saturday, we can get a couple of wins and get the ball rolling. And the women's tennis team is poised to set a couple of program records this month. Women's tennis are doing some great things. Uh, they're they're just I think a game away from a school record win streak, and the uh, number two doubles team of uh, Rachel Lifehite and uh, Allison Bowman uh, set the doubles win record. Uh, they're at seven right now. Uh, broke that last week, and uh, they are actually uh, playing. Uh, uh, Knox uh, this this past Wednesday, so uh, looking to continue that, and uh, then uh, conference uh, uh, teams uh, Cornell and, and Grinnell this weekend, and we're trying to get into the conference tournament. They take five, uh, four, and we're in the, in fifth right now. So uh, we'll see how we uh, shake out after the end of the week. But yeah, the women's tennis program uh, really coming on strong here late in the season. Finally, women's golf will make history later this month when they begin play in the St. Louis Intercollegiate Athletic Conference. That's Mama's Sports Information Director Dan Nolan. He's the man behind MamaScots.com, your official spot on the World Wide Web for all things Fighting Scots related. You can follow all of Mammoth Athletics on Twitter, and that's at MCFightingScots. And for all of Monmouth College's social media accounts, check out the bottom of the homepage of the Monmouth College website, monmouthcollege.edu. And that's going to be a 30 for this 7th edition of Monmouth College's 1853 podcast of the 2019-20 school year. I hope you've enjoyed this program. Tell us what you think by firing off an email to us at news at Be sure to put podcast in the subject line. Until our next edition, this is Dwayne Bonifer in the Monmouth College Office of Communications and Marketing. Thanks so much for listening. So long, everybody, and have a nice day.